and welcome to this week's episode of Community Connections. I am joined with a co-host today, Hannah West. She's the Director of Community Relations. Thanks for having me, Cole. And our guest today is Jennifer King. She is the Infection Control Officer for Hospice of Davidson County and uh, has been a registered nurse for over six years now and been in hospice uh, for over eight. And she is a certified hospice and palliative care nurse and has really been instrumental in running the uh, PPE and infection control program for our organization since the uh, start of COVID. So I'm really excited to have you on today. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. So First, I would just like to start off with kind of introducing what it is that we've we've done, what it is that we, how do we keep our patients and families safe through our personal protective equipment that we are out wearing in the field every day? Well, from the beginning of the pandemic, we have followed the CDC guidelines that they've put out for us. And so they, our PPE usage has been changing just as they change their recommendations. But currently, we have everybody on campus here wear a mask at all times. So everybody that comes out to your home, even if you do not have COVID in your home, will be wearing a mask. If you do have COVID in your home, then you will have a staff member come in with an N95 mask, a face shield, a gown and gloves, and possibly shoe covers. So we really gown up a whole lot to get into somebody's house just so we can keep you as safe as possible. And we know that we're not taking that with us to our next home. So Jennifer, you and I um, serve together on the organization's internal response team. Um, And you have been instrumental in helping us navigate this ongoing health crisis over the last year. Um, Tell me a little bit about what that process has been like, um, especially working in an infection control for healthcare organization. How has that process played out over the last year and what has that been like for you? Well, just like it has been for everybody, whenever it first started, it was a huge struggle. Um, We were in a big frenzy hunting down PPE, looking at facts and information that we could find from anywhere that was a reputable source. Um, It's really been a moving target for the first few months. I think here recently it's really settled out and we know what to do. We know what's going on. But for the first while that this was going on, the same as everybody else, we were just moving along. As the CDC changed things, we changed things. As new information came out, we went along with that. But, I mean, it's been a whole lot of reading and making sure that you're up to date with the latest information. Here on campus, we've made a lot of changes. We have the same as they do everywhere else. We have social distancing signs. Uh, We've put up glass partitions to keep people more safe. We have visitor restrictions here on campus um, and visitor restrictions here at our IPU as well. We have put out more hand sanitizing stations. We have signs out everywhere to sanitize this, sanitize that. It's, it's, it's been a process. Other than to um, sort of prevent the spread, right? Obviously, you've put a lot of work. What, what are, what's the, the purpose for, like, you, you, we say safety of our patients. What exactly do we mean when we say that? Like, what... What should our our families and our patients expect uh, 
that the benefit is of us taking these extra measures, because I know that it can be, it, this is a, a difficult time for people already. Right. And then you have people that have, you know, more stringent guidelines, more stringent rules. What, what, so what sort of is the purpose of that, of having all that? We deal with a very vulnerable population as it is. Um, so we err on the side of cautious with everything. Uh, we don't want to take any infection into patients' homes or into patients' rooms because they're the population that's going to be most susceptible to get that. Um, and so with that, the, the majority of our staff here at Hospice of Davidson County have been vaccinated. We've had an extremely successful run with that so far. But I mean, our primary goal is to keep our patients and families and our staff safe. And we've had a, a very good infection rate here. We haven't transmitted any diseases to any of our patients and vice versa. And so that's, that's really, really good. You know, you just mentioned the staff being vaccinated. What would you, I mean, obviously we're a year into this and I know that there is so much information about vaccines and we've worked closely with the health department and not only our staff being vaccinated, but helping community, I mean, encouraging community members to get vaccinated. What is the message surrounding getting the vaccine and how it can be helpful and, and uh, what it, what it really can do for people on sort of the day-to-day um, especially with hospice patients and families? So the big push to get the vaccine is to really get back to a, a normal life. You want to be as safe as possible. If you get the vaccine, that doesn't mean necessarily that you're not going to get COVID, but it does mean that if you do get it, that your symptoms will, will be minimal. Um, even if you do contract it, you may not know that you did. Um, and some more research has come out recently that shows that Moderna and Pfizer vaccine, likely you are not going to pass that virus to anybody else because your symptoms yourself are going to be so minimal that you, you won't pass it. That's all extremely exciting. And I think it's so, um, it's so great to hear that, uh, the evidence is is going in that direction, especially after this year that we've had. Um, but we also know that as a healthcare organization, you know, we're called to set good examples for the community and and lead those conversations. So, Jennifer, um, in looking at our community, what is it that you hope people take away in understanding um, safety as we as we move slowly towards some sense of normalcy? Well, I think as you go out to, to, to stores right now, you see a variety of things. Some people are wearing masks, some people aren't. Sometimes the masks that you see are not appropriate for community use. Um, the primary thing that you want to know about masks are a two-ply mask is best. Um, if you hold your mask up to a light and you can see light coming through that mask, it's probably not filtering out very much. But on the other end of that spectrum, you don't really want to go out in public with an N95 mask because PPE has been extremely hard to come by and medical professionals really, really need those masks. Um, The biggest thing that you can do outside of wearing a mask is to wash your hands. That's always been a big infection control thing to do. Wash your hands. If you have soap and warm water, 
sing the alphabet twice, and you are good. If you do not have access to soap and water, use an alcohol-based hand rub and rub it on your hands just like you would be washing your hands. And that's how you're going to break that chain of infection. If you pick it up from touching something, you're not going to pass it to somebody else since you have cleaned it off your hands. You know, I, I think back to when, when we sort of started this and I would listen to other podcasts or, or uh, on the radio and they would talk about like, you know, hey, let's, let's not touch your face and, and all these like little things you can do. And we were joking on here earlier that I have the biggest, I have a huge problem with touching my face, right? And it is really hard. I, even like right now, as I talk about it, I sort of get the urge to just touch my face, right? Um, I think, you know, for a lot of people now, those habits are probably a little bit easier to come by in terms of, you know, how often we wash our hands using the hand sanitizer. I don't know that I walk by a hand sanitizer station without reaching my hand out for a pump, right? So I think as we move forward, hopefully that we see, you know, when it's flu season again and and other stuff like that, that, that maybe that's a little bit easier for everybody and that we kind of take that away. As an, an infection control officer, you know, doing this even outside of a pandemic, what are some of the things that you would recommend anybody, community, you know, um, patients and families that that they do to sort of um, mitigate those things, even not in a global pandemic? The biggest thing is always going to be to wash your hands. Um, if you have, that's that's your that's your biggest thing to break the chain is wash your hands. But if you have any kind of symptoms at all, Don't go out in public. Stay home. If you're sick, keep it at home. If you have to go out in public and you have any symptoms, just like they do at the hospital during flu season, wear a mask. Keep it to yourself. Yeah, you know, Cole, I'm right there with you. I have a really bad habit of touching my face. My husband would get on to me about it, um, especially in the beginning of COVID. But Jennifer, these are all really good tips. And I, I do think that as we move into this year and we move ahead that a lot of us will be thinking about a lot more wearing our masks when we go out in public, if we're not feeling well, staying home. Um, So I think that that's, you know, one really positive thing to come out of, of this past year of learning and navigating, you know, these, these healthcare crises. Hannah, when you said like, right? Like all the things that people see us do now. I remember, you know, going back to Jennifer, you said like, we would, we should just stay home if we have symptoms, right? Um, That is, that to me is one of the good things, you know, where we're looking at positives to come out is the idea that, you know, I, I spent eight years in the military and I know what it's like to be the person that calls in sick, right? What, what that looks like to everybody and, and sort of the judgment that gets when you would call in sick for something, right? Everyone would judge how sick, sick are they really, right? Is this really that big of a deal? And now I, I'm hoping that we're more accepting of, of recognizing that, hey, I don't want what you have and you don't want what I have. So if I'm feeling sick, let's stay at home. So I think, you know, what I'm taking away from what you mentioned about sort of what we can do even outside of a pandemic, I think it, for me, it will be when I'm sick, I just need to keep my butt at home. I think that's probably the best thing um, for me to do. And maybe a a sort of a mindset change for, for me. Yes. Let's normalize taking sick days and let's normalize, you know, encouraging the people that were around to take sick days. Um, 
primarily so that we can keep ourselves and others safe. I think that's a really good point, Cole. I think it is. Um, I know as a healthcare worker, it is hard to take a sick day when you feel bad. I have been that person that has went to work, even though you're sick, because you feel like it's selfish to put your work off on somebody else. But now, I mean, this has taught us you can do things from home if you feel guilty, but take your sick days, take them. They are yours. You need them for a reason because it's not selfish. It's selfish if you go around other people while you're sick. You need to stay home when you are sick. So moving forward, as we do start to, as you start to see more people getting vaccinated. And of course, um, I know that vaccinations are becoming almost widely available, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on the date that we record this, of course, right? Hopefully that continues to be more widely available. What do you see um, Hospice of Davidson doing in continuing like our PPE and our, our push for vaccines and stuff. What do you, how do you see that evolving? I know that that's probably, I'm asking you to look into the crystal ball, which is not very fair, but I will put you on the spot with that there. I think a lot like we've been with the flu vaccine, this COVID vaccine is going to be an annual kind of thing. And many places require the flu vaccine. And at some point that may be something that healthcare places will do is require the COVID vaccine. Um, and if not, then you'll have to wear a mask at work. We are getting to where the CDC has said, hey, if you're around people that have been vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask, that it's safe to do that now. So that is a perk of getting vaccinated. So I have one last question before we wrap up, and I, I guess I'll ask it to each of you. So Jennifer, what would you say, what's one thing you would say that um, sort of our patients and families should know about our use of PPE as we go forward. That, that big message that you, that you think that patients and families would um, really like to know about how we're keeping them safe when we come in the home. As I said earlier, we have specific guidelines that we go by and we do err on the side of caution. So even as the CDC drops some recommendations, we will probably stick with those for a little while longer. Um, and I mean, we're open and we have been from the beginning to, to take in COVID patients. So we are here to support you and we're doing it the safest way that we can. Yeah. And Hannah, I, you know, I know you're on co-hosting with me today and you work a lot with uh, community partnerships and agencies that we work with very closely what would you say for those in the community that, um, you know, we're, you know, how are we participating in this um, sort of uh, global sort of team effort, you could say? Sure. So I think what I would start by saying is that from the beginning, we have really strived to be a resource for the community. Um, we see ourselves as leaders in healthcare for Davidson County and the surrounding communities. Um, and we have really incredibly talented individuals such as Jennifer leading our work. And so um, I hope that the community knows that they can look to us and call upon us um, for up-to-date information to encourage them, um, to support them. Um, we certainly have expanded our services over the last year, uh, you know, thinking about this podcast specifically, Cole. Um, it was really built out of this 
this knowledge that we had resources that we wanted to share with the community to keep them safe and to keep them supported. Um, and so what I want the community to know is that we are here for them. Um, we want to be a resource for them and we are really wanting to support them. Well, thank you both so much for, uh, especially you, Jennifer, for coming on and sharing your time today and, and Hannah, um, as always, it's special when you get to, to help host an episode. So thank you for um, doing that. Uh, if you liked what you heard, please rate, subscribe, review. Uh, you can get our episodes at hospiceofdavidson.org backslash community connections.